Man, we can't think of a cold open. Where's Carter's dumbass when you need him? He's always fucking up. Welcome to the Rendezvous Podcast. You got Davis Alden, Zach Gale, and Avery Ellis as a special guest this week. Talk about some experience fighting forest fires and got a couple good stories for us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks for being on, Avery. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Well, our listeners don't know this, but we actually recorded uh, with Avery... Uh, a little over a year ago, but certain someone who will remain nameless uh, ruined that recording. So we just decided we'd scrap it and have Avery on another time. So Avery, welcome back to the rendezvous, even though you are, <laughs> uh, you know, it's your actual debut. Thanks, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, I don't know, we've... There's still some, well, there's big fires. California's still on fire. Gender reveals gone wrong. And I think there was some arson too. Um, they found out there's a couple of fires that were arson. Um, are there still fires in Wyoming? I thought I saw the governor yeah. tweet something yesterday. So Super smoky here today. So where I've been elk hunting actually up on the snowies, mm-hmm. a fire started Thursday afternoon like right where i have been going okay it's like the savage run wilderness area something like that Interesting. and uh yeah it does not look good yeah yeah i think it was those uh minnesota pricks from last year last week (laughs) could have been bastards Well, that's a good uh, segue into Avery. Tell us a little bit about his time fighting fires. Uh, Avery, when was you did that for two or three years straight, right? I did it for two. Two years, okay. It's, it's not very fun. <laughs> I'm gonna go with nothing now. It's not what not what it's uh, cracked up to be. No, it's, it is not like. I don't know, there aren't a whole lot of movies about it, but it's not like the movies. It's not fun at all. <laughs> the only movie I can think of is... Uh, only the Brave. Only the Brave. Yeah, I, saw <laughs> yeah. that I saw that when it came out, and I was like, oh, that looks fun. I'm going to apply for that. And I got <laughs> it, and I had my first season, and I, I liked it pretty good then. And after my second season, I was about done with it. Yeah. Uh, where were you... Where were you at? Because you were I th- the last year. You said you were in the Bighorns, but what about the your first year? So my duty station was in the Bighorn Mountains at Burgess Junction, uh, above Sheridan. Mm-hmm. And but my first season, we didn't spend. I didn't spend a lot of time there. I think I maybe spent two weeks out of the whole summer living there, because the rest of the time I was um, mostly down in Colorado fighting fires, and a little bit in Wyoming over by Rock Springs. In my second season, uh, it was a pretty wet year, so there weren't really many fires. There was only one I got on that was a local fire in the Bighorns. It was over by uh, Lick Creek, if you know where that's at. 
Okay, nice. Um, yeah, so so that yeah, last summer was pretty was nice. I mean, we kind of had moisture and and stuff kind of late into the year, um, which was nice for for us. You know, we went camping a couple times, and you know, you're able to have your your open fires. So um, that's always good. You, you know, huge contrast to this year, where it was it was super dry most of the year. So. Yeah, and there's a lot of fire burning. Yeah, for sure. Um, so cool. So you were stationed in the uh, the Bighorns. I was going to say the Rockies, but it's uh, obviously a large area. The Bighorns in the Rockies. Um, yeah. So I don't know what was it. What was it like? I mean, elaborate. Why did it suck? <laughs> Why was it well, not? The good? Season I enjoyed firstly because of the paychecks. Because when you're, you know, 19, 20 years old making $19,000 in three months, you know, that's a, that's pretty cool. But um, also my first season, I was always on the go. I did all my uh, classes and trainings in the first, I think, three weeks. Then they gave me my red card. Then I hung out for maybe two days. And then I was on an assignment down in Colorado for severity. And I ended up staying there for 21 days. Uh, and I worked, uh, it's, it's 21 days straight. Uh, I think the shortest shift I had was 12 hours. Um, and that was all right. Then I came back, had two days off, then a couple more days up at the station. And then I got another assignment. Uh, I got on a detail with a hand crew, which is where we went down to, I think it was Meeker, Colorado. And we were there for about a week and then we got transferred to the Black Butte fire that was uh, on some private mine land over by Rock Springs. And then from there, uh, transferred to another fire that was nearby. And I think that one was maybe, while I was gone, was maybe 18 days or something like that. And then I came back and I think I had like one more week of work left. And then I went back to school. So I was always busy that first summer which made it uh, more interesting and more fun. And then second summer, that was so wet that I didn't have, there weren't any fires, so we didn't really have anything to do. Um, wake up every morning at six, go for a run, uh, take an hour off to eat breakfast and shower and everything, then go to work. And a lot of that is just doing, doing chores around the station, like you got to mow and paint tools and clean and, we got towards the end of the summer, they gave us a timber clearing project where behind um, some guy's cabin and there was only, uh, I think, three of us doing it where they just gave us a chainsaw and we got approved for, I think, six, 16 hours of overtime or something like that, where we started working 12s every day. So we do 12 hour shifts and we just go run chainsaws for, you know, 10 hours or so. And that was real tiring which wasn't great and then um towards the end of the summer we got a fire that it was only it was just a little four acre fire and some really nasty timber and um it, it lasted i was on it for maybe three days before we called it out and then we just have to drive out to it and then take another hike out to it every day to ch keep checking on it which is nice because they give us hazard pay to go on to the, the fire line. 
but the rest of the time is just living it in the mountains with no cell phone service, no internet. And uh, I was dating a girl at the time, which was made it really hard to maintain the relationship. And then also not seeing any of my friends and my family and just having to work with these, these guys. They're not horrible guys, but by the end of the time, I wasn't getting along with them very well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's why I, yeah. I quit. I, did, I didn't like the people who work fire. A lot of them, but they, they've got some big egos on them. That they're hard to get along with. Sure. Sure. Uh, you mentioned a little bit, like the training you had to go through. What, what did that look like? You know, and then how do you kind of keep up with that? Um, I know a big part of your, yeah, go ahead. So before they give you your red card, which is your, um, your identification as like a firefighter that you've been certified to be a firefighter type two, um, they make you take a couple classes. Um, one is S190, I think it's introduction to weather patterns. Um, I took S212, which was a chainsaw certification class. Um, there was another one. A lot of them are just bullshit classes. Like the only helpful ones I found were the the weather class and the chainsaws. And then, oh, there was, I can't remember the, the course number, but it was uh, FFT2 um, duties, I think it was called, where they just go through all the tools and your job. And then they there's like a communication class where they teach you how to use the radios. And then there's um, some kind of incident um, response system. I can't remember what the acronym for it is, but it's pretty much just goes over like um, FEMA's plan for like natural disasters, like fires or floods and that kind of stuff. Nice. Um, physical training, they have you do the pack test, which just need to be able to hike three miles with a 45 pound pack in under 45 minutes which it isn't really that difficult. I think I, my second time I did it, I hadn't trained for it at all or anything. And I still had like eight, like a full 10 minutes to spare at the end. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, for my next question was going to be, you know, what are the kind of physical requirements you have to go through? Um, you know, I know you guys are training and working out too when you're not out fighting fire. So what kind of, what does that look like? So, like I said, we get up at six every morning and go for a run or a hike. Um, so we just PT every day, the first hour of work, and then take an hour off to eat. So that'd either be like a run. Um, I worked on an engine, so PT wasn't a massive thing because you're not out um, on a hand crew or a shot crew or anything like that. So the physical labor is a little less demanding. Um, so I think we'd run anywhere from like three to six miles. And then if we had time at the end, we do, you know, push ups, sit ups, pull ups, just basic stuff. Sure. Okay. Uh, Davis, you have any questions for Avery? I was just going to have him tell a couple stories, like the ones okay. he told last year, if he can, if you can remember them. All right. So the, the one I remember I told last time was, um, First time I went to Colorado was right after I got my red card and my saucer. So um, we went and we were on a severity assignment, which just means it's super dry conditions. There's a lot of potential for a fire. 
Zelda just had you patrol around and I think it was 10 days into that assignment that we got a fire but before that um you're just patrolling and pretty you know sitting in a truck 12 hours a day driving around it gets boring so you look for stuff to do so the um fmo there gave us a, a timber clearing project and that's the fire management officer over this uh road that was cut in the side of a really steep hill and that was lined by aspens on both sides and over the winter, a lot of snow would land on those, and they'd end up tilted over the road and almost at, um, almost just horizontal across the road. So they had us go through with chainsaws and um, cut those out. And so I got the bottom side of the road, and then the engine captain was just walking on the road watching us, and then the other FFT2 we were with was above the road, and he'd cut them into the down the hill into the road, and I cut them up the hill into the road. And so um, I was cutting, I was into it for a couple hours. So I was, and I was, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a smaller person, so I was getting tired because they have you wearing uh, long pants, long sleeves, both uh, heavy Nomex with gloves and a hard hat. And they're having you carry your packs. You got a uh, med kit and stuff in there. Then they've got chainsaw chaps on you, and you're carrying around a chainsaw. So it gets it can get heavy depending on what you have in your pack, but after a while, uh, it, you'll, you'll tire out pretty quick, and it's around 100 degrees while you're doing this. So I'm tired, and I'm looking up the hill, and I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm not going to use his name. Like, I'm dropping the tree straight at you, and he looks at me, and he gives me the thumbs up, like, gives me the go-ahead. So, like, I'm cutting the tree, and I'm looking at him, like, mm, that's, that's going straight for him. Hope he's far enough up the hill, and... So, like, I finish cutting it, and it starts falling, and I get the call that it's falling, and he looks up, and I'm like, okay. And then about the top, like, two feet of the t- tree hit him just straight in the chest and just smack him straight down. And I was like, oh, shit, I just killed him. <laughs> Which is funny, because, um, like, the first thing they have you do in saw class is make sure your area is clear, but, and you're supposed to do that all the time, but no one ever follows that and like the engine captain was watching us the whole time um and, like pretty soon the the guy gets up and i'm like holy shit i was close and like he walks up to me and he's like what'd you do wrong and i was like bitch i didn't do anything wrong i was just <laughs> <laughs> I told him it was coming. he said it was good so i went for it but he's like yeah i saw it was i saw it was gonna happen but i thought i just let it play out and i was like well, what (laughs) (laughs) wow that was was the time I almost killed someone yeah yeah, that's (laughs) that's intense (laughs) so did you have to do like any kind of first aid on him or did you just get up and just kind of have to catch his breath a little bit he just just got knocked down <laughs> I couldn't even imagine being hit by a tree. Oh, it's yeah. falling. That would freaking hurt. Oh yeah. Oh man. I'd have shit myself if I was that guy. Oh, like, oh yeah, good. <laughs> like you saw it coming. Like I wonder if he was just like, I'm just gonna take this or like he was just like this is the perfect spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man that's crazy so and so that was this last summer right or uh, sorry your second season yeah that was that was my first season so three years ago okay okay um and so you said you were on an engine when you're you know fighting fires so what does that kind of look like how's that different from you know like a hand crew or something like that so a hand crew goes out and it's 18 to 22 guys um there's a first section use about five guys and uh they have five swampers for them the first five guys have chainsaws and they go through and they cut out any of the big stuff trees bushes and stuff and then their swamper will go ahead and pull that off the line and then the remaining 10 to 12 guys that are there will go through um with hand tools so i'll have Velasquez and just different common or different variations of like hose and they'll go through and dig the line behind them. Usually what an engine does is they'll get somewhere that they can park the engine. Then they'll go ahead and they'll run hose down the line with Ys uh, so that the line keeps going with one side and then um, the side towards the fire they'll hook up lateral hoses too with nozzles and usually the engine crew uh, we'll go along there and just spray it, kind of spray the edges down, get anything that's still smoldering. And then there will usually be the, the captain or the assistant captain will be up at the engine just keeping track of the pump and make sure it's working all right and we're not running out of water. Cool. Um, yeah, so I guess we're using more of those in the... I guess you you would have been using it more than your first year in Colorado and Southern Wyoming. Um, yeah, because yeah. my first assignment when I was on that twenty one day one was on an engine, and then second assignment was on a hand crew. Which did you like better? Um, I think I liked the engine better just because I liked the the guys I was with a lot more. The hand crew with you know you'll have four or five trucks five deep on all of them. So you're driving around with the same people a lot and there's a lot of personalities that can come out. Yeah. Which one was more exciting? The engine one was more exciting because I think all the fires we uh, got stuck on on the hand crew were pretty much out already. Um, Pretty much just dug a lot of the line next to stuff that was already done burning. Huh. So you were more kind of like cleanup then on the engine, just putting out kind of what had been, what had passed or. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Um, so if someone, uh, if someone spots a fire, how quickly can you guys be ready to go start uh, working it? If like I was at the station, someone came in and said they saw smoke, uh, ready to go right away we can just hop in the engine and chase truck and then we'll be out looking for it for a while but we can leave right away huh that's generally typically uh how all crews work they'll keep the trucks loaded with everything they need so anything happens they can just hop in and go and you guys don't do any do anything during night do you or uh you can um I know helicopter crews aren't allowed to fly at night, but everyone else, you can get stuck on night shifts. Okay. Nice. Um, cool. I, I don't have any other questions. 
Uh, do you, Davis? Uh, yeah, I'll think of some. <laughs> so, like last year when you weren't doing much, what did a typical day look like other than doing all your chores and stuff? Like, w- would you just work an eight hour day or? Yeah, usually. And then just sit at camp the rest of the time or? Yeah, because we're on the mountain. So, yeah, and five days a week we're required to live there. So, we're basically on call all the time. Um, even days off, you're on call. Um, unless you specifically ask to be not, not to be on call. Um, usually just get up and you do our run or our hike and then shower and eat breakfast and we'd have a morning briefing, which always included um, like a, a safety briefing on some random topic and then um, figure out what we're doing for the day, plan out our, what we're doing tomorrow. Um, then we go ahead and do anything we had and then run out of stuff to do, uh, you know, just sit around and bullshit, maybe find something to clean, clean the cabins, clean the garage. And then your day's done. You go home, which is like 30 feet from the office. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you have a good DVD you haven't watched yet. You just go to bed. <laughs> Sounds kind of like a day working at the uh, rec district, Davis, wouldn't you say? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I mean, uh, <laughs> when Chuck yeah. wasn't going crazy yelling at us, was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, do you, like this summer with so many fires going on, do you miss it a little bit? or? No, not at all. <laughs> I'm glad I get, you know. The most I ever have to work is a 40-hour week instead of a minimum 14 days straight, 16-hour shifts. Yeah. A lot of the time, you, you'll wake up at 4.30 or 5 and go to your briefing in the morning, then you'll drive an hour to wherever your fire is, and you'll go ahead and work on that for about 12 hours, and you'll get back in the truck, drive back, eat some food, and just go straight to bed. It's a long day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Middle of the day, they, they start going by faster, but sure. they, they, they do get slow. I'm sure your parents were glad that you weren't doing that either. I'm sure they were. I'm, I don't know. I think they liked that I was making lots of money so they could quit giving me money, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. The fact that you weren't home every day. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any other good stories? All right, I got one more. This is from uh, that last fire I worked, my second season. So I don't think I've, I've told you guys this one before, but so we had this uh, fire uh, not too far from our duty station. So um, I wasn't there when it happened. I had the weekend off. I specifically asked, like, hey, I, I want some days off. I don't Don't call me. So they got, of course, they got a fire and didn't like me because I was like, no, I'm not working it. But as soon as I come back, I drive up, I drive up from my parents' house. I have to leave at like four in the morning to get there by seven to leave. So I get there, drive out to the fire, and we got one uh, hand crew from the BIA over in, I think it was Warland or somewhere over there. And we have, uh, the Hell Attack crew from Glenrock. 
which I spent uh, about a week with them on in detail before I had to leave for some personal reasons. And uh, there was this one girl on it that I didn't like, who she claimed she was an engine captain from uh, the Black Hills before she joined the Hell Attack. And um, when we were taking the Heckam test, the helicopter crew member test, um, she was taking it too because it was her first year on a helicopter. And at the end of the test, um, it's pretty much like a guaranteed pass with these classes because most of them, uh, before you turn them in, you'll go around the room and go, go over all the answers first so you can change your answers and stuff. And she was all the way at the end of like the cycle we went through during this test and we got to where it was only like a 30 question test and you had a full like think hour and a half to take it we got to her first thing she said is i i didn't get to that question first i was like really it's like the 20th question get an hour and, a half. and then so she looked at it for a minute she's like i don't know and it was just a simple question like it was open book you could have used everything so i was like okay so this girl's an idiot. I don't believe she ever did before. <laughs> and so I went and I spent about a week with her on the hell attack. During that time, she didn't say anything bitchy to me. But during the class, I think, uh, we all went out one night uh, to a bar in Glenrock. She, I don't remember what she said, but I remember we were getting pizza at this one place. And she said something that really pissed me off. But... Anyway, so, like, just establishing, like, we don't like each other. And she ended up on this fire, and it was small enough we didn't need the helicopter, so all the hell attack guys were just helping everyone spray it out and dig line. And towards the end of the shift, there was, I think, maybe half an hour left before we left. And uh, my assistant captain was the IC on the fire, which is the instant commander, so he's just the boss of everyone. And there's this one section on this really steep hill of these burned out trees. It was only maybe 50 yards from the top of the hill to where the burn had stopped. And it was really just a, it was a sketchy place. It was really steep. All the trees were burned out and we were watching trees fall all day. It was just this really, um, it was all these trees were in there like a haystack just interlocked and they were all burned and just ready to fall. So um, my engine captain or the assistant captain and I, or the IC on the fire said, hey, uh, you know, just go ahead and line the top of this. Uh, don't go. I don't want you, anyone walking down there. It's a really hazardous spot. So I was like, okay. So it was me and her and this one other kid that was from another engine over on the other side of the mountain that were digging line, and we had one chainsaw with us. And so the saw went ahead, and he cut anything out of the line, and we were coming behind digging it, and we got around, went all the way around the top half, and stopped me and this other kid and started walking back to everyone else that was just hanging out. And she kept going and was like yelling at us, like, hey, keep going. We got to keep going on this line. We're only halfway around. Uh, we were like, uh, he told us not to. But the other kid was just like, mm, fine, whatever. So he kept digging line with her. I was like, no, fuck you, bitch. I'm not doing that. I was like, I'm not dying for your fucking pride. So, like, I just went back and was hanging out with everyone else, and I hear her, after 10 minutes, go start screaming at, at me. <laughs> and she said, Avery, get your lazy fucking ass down here and dig this fucking line. And I, like, looked at 
like her boss and my like two bosses that were there and they're just looking at me like <laughs> she seems angry so i was like mm, okay so like i went and like did this little she's like you're gonna mop up this whole corner by yourself and like it's like 10 feet but okay so i did it and then she started giving me this lecture like hey this is our job we're uh there's, there's a lot of good stuff here to save and i was like this is not our job we were explicitly told not to go down here and she's like well it doesn't matter there's still a lot of good timber here and i was like bitch this is a hundred miles that this fire has to burn downhill through this jack straw bullshit it was just dead trees before it gets to flat ground and another 200 miles before it gets to a town like there's nothing good here and she had no response she was just pissing with me. And so, like, they left. And uh, I think later that week, I was talking to my boss, and I was like, was, was I right there? And he was like, yeah, but she seemed really mad. <laughs> I, was like, I, was mad. I was like, yep, I did. So that, that's that story about a bitchy woman. <laughs> Angry coworker overrides orders from your, uh, your boss. <laughs> like I, went to, I went and like talked to her boss i was like am, am i in trouble he's like no like she's in trouble <laughs> <laughs> oh man I, that's yeah that's awesome it's just like they just left you out in the wind just left you out to hang there and, <laughs> and then just that's you know, like, know. Example. like the the big egos like why i don't do it anymore it's just yeah. people like that, that have some fucking hero complex over saving trees. <laughs> like, goddamn tree huggers. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, good. Those are good stories. Yeah. You about killed somebody twice. One you were, you were contemplating, I guess. And then the oh. other one. <laughs> Neither of them were your fault, though. So, that's good. <laughs> <clears throat> Awesome. Well, uh, yeah, thanks uh, for coming on, Avery. Oh, wait, you had something else? Yeah. yeah. The thing that made me most angry about this this girl is, so I wasn't there the first day the fire happened, and everyone was staying at our duty station, and they gave her my fucking bed. <laughs> well, that's a huge part of the story you left out, man. <laughs> I was like, what? The, the, can I have my fucking bed back? And they're like, oh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd be pissed too. Yeah. Oh man. So so they gave it back. Would she just sleep on a car or something? No, they gave her the because of the the guy that I lived in the same room with. He was on an assignment in Alaska at the time. Yeah. So his bed was empty. They're like, oh, we're not going to make her sleep in a room with another guy. Like, that's not cool. So they like, kicked my crew leader out of his room and put him in with me and gave her the room to herself. Nice. Nice. I wouldn't know, like, she brought a sleeping bag or some shit, but no, like, she got under my blankets and used my pillow. Uh, Got it all dirty. Yeah, it was fucking dirty. (laughs) Shower. (laughs) Some female privilege right there. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, uh, that's good. I'm uh, happy you're, you know, didn't suffer any, you know, burns or whatever. Um, oh, I did once. I fell in a hole. 
and I burned my leg. <laughs> That's the whole story. I just stepped on some bad roots and fell in a hole. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Didn't get burned too badly. So, uh, well, we'll have to have you on again. We're sorry it took us a year to get you back on. Um, and uh, I'm still salty about that recording getting messed up because it was a good one. So was a that was episode. a really good recording too. That went for like it was a long minutes. It was a long one. Yeah, and it was like the rendezvous in its prime. I, I mean, <laughs> if the rendezvous had a prime. It was at that moment. <laughs> it it was really lived. probably was like our fifth or sixth recording. Yeah, ever. it was really we were because we were all still back in Sheridan. So, but uh, yeah, well, we'll have to have you back on again. And uh, hey, does he? Get, do you have his T-shirt? What about it? Do you have a T-shirt for him? His his oh, I don't. Did he ever get it? Carter has all the T-shirts. I'll give him a koozie. Though. <laughs> all right, there you go. You get a koozie. The first time, Carter kept asking me, or after I came, it was like a year later. He was like, "You ever gonna come get a shirt from me?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, I totally will." Because my girlfriend lived was like his neighbor, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll come get it at some point." And then I just never did. <laughs> That's right. We were harping on Carter to come and give it to you, anyway. So. Like we said at the beginning, he always fucks stuff up. So yeah, now I'll now I'll be on him, get him <laughs> yeah. a shirt. Well, at least you get a koozie. If you ever like have an episode where you want to talk about the the Forest Service, I've got some very um, criticizing insights. That'd be a good one. After working for it would be. Yeah, we do plan to talk about the Great American Outdoors Act, so maybe we can have a little in there uh, about that so cool well yeah thanks again man yeah it was fun cool all right well we'll uh i don't want to plug we got koozies for sale we got t-shirts for sale hit hit davis or i up because we're the only competent ones in this group sounds like <laughs> <laughs> and uh we'll get those out to you um, follow us on our social media. We got a giveaway coming up, I think. Um, we got to figure out what all that entails, but uh, yeah, stay on the lookout. We got some fun stuff coming this uh, in the coming weeks. So, we'll uh, see you next time on the rendezvous, folks.